Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Chris Canty in for Key. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Good morning, guys. What's happening? What's happening? What's What's going on? We got Coach Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst on with us right at this very moment. Morning, Coach. Good morning, guys. What's happening? What's happening is that game last night. What was your biggest takeaway from the national championship? My biggest takeaway is that this was as complete a team as we've seen in a long time, that everyone embraces their roles, and every time they were punched in the face and pushed back, they had an answer. They had every answer to every question. It was almost like they had cliff notes. Uh, This is a team that's well put together. Everyone embraced roles, and uh, they had great leadership from Danny Hurley. Seth, when we were on set the other day, we were were having a conversation about uh, obviously, UConn rejoining the Big East. And you and I have always had conversations in the past about geographical footprint and how we thought that was misplaced with them being in the AAC. What do you think overall now about the Big East with the TV contract coming up next year, but with Villanova that's just won it? Um, you know, now you have UConn winning it, Rick Pitino over at St. John's, and Ed Cooley now going to Georgetown. What do you think about the Big East overall as a conference now? It's it's an absolute rock fight every night. Uh, look, you know, the great thing about the Big East is the commonality within the league. Uh, and you have teams that have rich, rich, rich basketball traditions. They hang their hat on basketball. It's the most important sport on their campus. And you can't say that because people said that basketball is the most important sport on Kentucky's campus and it created a firestorm. But that's just the way it is. It, the, basketball is the most important sport on these, on these Big East campuses. They have great venues, great ownership, great passion. Look, the contract is up. The problem is, I would say the only problem is that, you know, everything starts with football. Well, no, in the Big East, everything starts with basketball. And I actually think the Big East and the ACC should merge so that we could actually get the ACC back to having uh, a commitment to basketball. Imagine you added the Big East schools to the ACC, did two divisions. That would be a monster. But the league's going to be a monster. Rick Pitino is going to get players and he's going to win. Ed Cooley's going to get players, and he's going to win. Sean Miller's going to get players, and he's going to win. Shaheen Holloway's team is going to be hard to play against. You go right down that league, and you know what? If you don't play well, you're not winning in that league. That's just the way it is. So they used to the vehicle to get back to where they were for UConn, and Dan Hurley was the guy to drive the bus. Uh, his, his drive, his passion, his energy, uh, his ability to recruit the, the geographic footprint that makes UConn such a great job. And a dude can flat coach. I mean, he can flat – he put on a clinic during the NCAA tournament. 
Seth, staying with the recruiting aspect of things, we all know recruiting is the lifeblood of any college basketball program, and every coach would like to have the better players. But no one-and-done guys on the court last night for either team. And I just got to ask, does the continuity in having guys together for multiple years lend itself to being able to have deep playoff runs, deep tournament runs, and sustain success with these programs in the landscape of college basketball today? Yeah, Chris, I, I think it does. I mean, uh, it's not just this this past team. Think about Villanova's team, veteran guys. Think about North Carolina's championship team, veteran guys. Think about Baylor's team, veteran guys. Now they had pros, but veteran guys. No McDonald's All Americans in this in this tournament. Now, here's the deal: to win in the NCAA tournament, you got to have both feet in. You have to have both feet because the season's long. I mean, think about it. you could lost six of eight games. If you had a bunch of dudes that were one and done and they just lost six or eight games and things would go a little south and they knew they were going to be leaving in the next six weeks, how committed would they be? Mm. How would they, let, let, let me ask you this. How would their inner circle, Jay Will, you know this now, you know the static around these young kids. Mm-hmm. How would their inner circle be handling that? Their inner circle would be saying, in order about it, let's get with our individual workout guy. We're going to get up shots. I and mean, then look what Nick Smith did. He, he literally left his team for a month while he rehabbed at Arkansas. So uh, I think it's a big it's a big factor. Continuity is important. Trust, having both feet on the ground, um, embracing a role. Look at this UConn team. Everyone played to their strengths. Everyone showed people what they can do, not what they can't do. And I use Andre Jackson as the perfect example. Andre Jackson, at that point when they were struggling a little bit, was shooting threes. That's not who he is. He's the most impactful player in the tournament without even having to take a shot. He rebounds, he initiates a fast break. He's a great passer. He's a a multi-position defender. He's flying all over the court. The Gonzaga game at the end of the first half, Gonzaga was making a run. They could have committed a turnover. It was like late possession. It was about to be a turnover for a run out. He intercepted a bad pass, threw the next pass, and they're knocking down the three. So having guys that buy into roles and play to win, it sounds like such a silly thought. Wow, they play to win. Yeah, because winning is the most important thing. If we win, everyone eats, and that's exactly what this Connecticut program is about. They're not going anywhere. They're recruiting at a high level. He's going to coach them every day. He is unrelenting Danny Early in terms of the standard that he sets for himself for the program, for the players, and everyone around them. This will just fuel the fire. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's how the Hurley family is wired. Coach Seth Greenberg with us right now on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max. Chris Canty in for Key. Coach, Jay gave not just his list of Blue Bloods, but his Mount Rushmore of the Blue Bloods on it, Kansas, Duke, UNC, and UConn. What do you think of his list? Do you have your own? Yeah, I mean, look, look back to the history of the game, uh, probably Kentucky because of a number of championships. But for this generation, for a young person, and not even a young person, uh, you know, for a person, say, from the start of the Big East on or from 1999 on, look, they got more championships than Kansas. I think about that. They have between 1999 and today, 
They have five national championships. Mm. In that same period, North Carolina has three national championships. Duke has three national championships. Kentucky has one national championship. Kansas has two national championships in that time period. Connecticut has five. Now, kind of think about let that marinate for a while. Connecticut, it is amazing what Jim Calhoun was able to create. Kevin Ollie won a championship. Now, you know, he inherited the team, you know, a senior Latin team and did a great, did a great job with him. Shabazz may be a tremendous, tremendous job with that team. But what Dan is about to do, and not put pressure on him, I'm not saying that they're, they're going to win back-to-back-to-back to back to back or anything like that. They will always be in the conversation because he's going to be able to recruit. He's going to be able to develop players. He's going to be able to hold them to a standard. Uh, they will always be prepared, and they're going to play their tails off. There is, there is no if when it comes to that. And look, he won a national championship this year without a point guard. Now, Tristan Newton was great in the NCAA tournament. You see, you watched the first four minutes of that game? Mm-hmm. I mean, they got pushed back almost to half court. Yeah. But they, he stayed with them. He settled in. Caravan rebounded the ball. Hey, Donovan Clayton is going to be – I don't want to compare it to Zach Eady. Like, the guy can knock down threes. Wait, wait till people see him slipping and he's knocking down threes and posted up. Like, trying to score over that dude is almost impossible. <laughs> so, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be in the conversation every year. Now, they can, can they continue to win it? I think they'll be in that conversation uh, because of the, their approach. Seth, uh, that's I know a 12 month program. Yeah. You may mention a Jim Calhoun. He's going to make actually joining us today at 9.05 Eastern on KJM. Seth, I, I did want to ask you about uh, a team that I omitted, and I used, I used the Elon Musk. Uh, they didn't pay their $8 for their blue check mark uh, from my Mount Rushmore in, in UCLA. And I, I know what history tells mm-hmm. me about what they did, but, you know, in the, in the 60s and the 70s, obviously with Bill Walton, some of the dominance that they have. Do you still consider them a, a, a blue blood in today's game? Yeah, I did because look, they just uh, a couple of years ago they were in the Final Four. Obviously, they got beat by a half court shot. Uh, they were uh, was it this year? They got to the uh, the Sweet uh, Think about what Mick did with this team this year. They lose Bona in in the one game, and then they they lost Jalen Clark earlier. Yeah, but UCLA is going to be and mark my words now. UCLA's DNA and the manner in which they're doing things. Uh, and the resources that they have and the job that Nick does in terms of evaluating recruiting and coaching, UCLA is going to be right where Connecticut is in the next three years. They're going to win that championship in the next three years. Okay. So I do, Jay, well, because you can't take away those 10 national championships. You just yeah. can't. You can't take away those four letters, the most powerful four letters in the Western United States when it comes to basketball. You can't take away just all the great players. The problem they have, this sounds silly, they don't they don't hang they don't they only hang national championship banners. They don't even hang final four banners at that place. <laughs> That's how crazy that place is. And Seth, it's gonna be weird when I, they're in the Big Ten. It's gonna be so awkward for me. I'm not gonna know how to look at it. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not sure that's a good vehicle or not. The, the one thing they're gonna learn being in that league, and that's a great point, Jay Will, is that 
the travel is going to be exhausting. Exactly. If every single trip they take, they're going at least two time zones over. Imagine those, those return trips. Uh, they're going to have to play back-to-backs, which they're used to playing, obviously, in the, in the pack. Uh, the pack, pack 12 has played a lot of back-to-backs. But, yeah, at the Big Ten, look, this is the world we live in. And the world we live in, and I'll say it now, in two, three, at the most four years, we're going to have four conferences. Yeah. In the most four years, we're going to have four conferences, and then the rest of the NCAA field – will be like the play-in games or the first four. It's not going to be the first four anymore. It's going to be probably the first 12. And the winners of those games will then get in the field, which will basically open up more slots for the four conferences that are going to be uh, leveraging television money to, to continue to live in the economy of college athletics. Yeah. Look, there's, there's only so many revenue streams. We're going to have four super conferences that will leverage television money so that these players are going to be under contract. They're going to have two-year contracts, which will basically be a solution to the transfer portal. We'll have two-year contracts, so therefore there'll be more continuity, and we'll have two-year contracts so we can compete with whether it's Overtime Elite or the G League Ignite. That's my, my belief. Seth Greenberg, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN college basketball analyst, of course. Thanks, Coach, for coming on this morning. Hi, Notorious B-E-R-G. My pleasure. And, uh, B-E-R-G, let's go, Jay Williams. <laughs> three strokes aside, and we'll be ready to go. <laughs> Get the pops ready, Seth. Get the pops Coach ready. Did mention, <laughs> Coach did mention Jim Calhoun, Jay, as you mentioned, and Jim Calhoun will be here with us in the next couple hours, 9.05 a.m. Eastern. Meantime... The First Lady of the United States of America wants LSU to visit the White House. Of course, they won the national title, but also wants Iowa to. But, but does the, the what? What is happening? We get into that next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus. Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I don't care to be All-American. I don't care to be a defensive player of the year, player of the year. The biggest goal is to be a national champion. LSU has captured its very first national championship. The narrative, I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. <laughs> Yates, it takes two. <laughs> Both teams. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Yates. Well done. 
Well done. Everything comes in twos. Well done. First lady of the United States of America, Jill Biden, wants LSU to come to the White House. Of course, that's what happens. The, The national champion visits the White House and visits with the president and first lady. But she also wants Iowa. What? The losers. What? To my memory, I don't remember the losers ever showing up at the White House. Biden watched LSU's 102-85 win over Iowa from the stands at at American Airlines Center in Dallas on Sunday night. Speaking Monday at the Colorado State Capitol uh, in Denver, she praised Iowa's sportsmanship and congratulated both teams on their performance. Here's the quote. I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do. So we hope LSU will come, she said. But, you know, I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. Now, listen, unless you're very naive, you understand that the president or first lady does not make us any public statement without the political implications in mind. No this doubt. Is politically motivated, obviously. Why, Chris? Well, I mean, typic- what, what jumps to mind? Well, the Iowa caucuses. The right? Iowa caucuses. Yeah, that's, that's usually where presidential campaigns kick off. Now, I know the Democratic National Committee is moving it. And their first caucus is down in South Carolina in February of 2024. Right. So to make the people of Iowa feel seen, this is an easy win for Jill Biden, inviting America's darling and Caitlin Clark and her squad to the White House because they played so well in the NCAA tournament in the national championship game. And yet, Jay, it, it doesn't. It, something feels wrong, doesn't it? It does, and it doesn't. Um, it, it, it does because look, only the winners go. Uh, to the White House after winning a champ. And a part of me yesterday was wondering if Caitlin Clark would just, you know, gratefully pass on the opportunity, graciously, you know, and be like, you know, look, we appreciate it, but thank you. But I also get torn with it because, guys, like, what we saw the other night was so unprecedented. It was so different. 9.9 million viewers. It got up to 12.6. And... There is a part of me that really wants to keep the momentum going behind women's basketball. And Caitlin Clark is coming back to school next year. Uh, Angel Reese is coming back to school next year. Paige Beckers is going to play next year for UConn. So on one side of it, I do feel like, yeah, it should just be about Angel Reese and the champions. And then I understand that. And then on the other end, though, Chris, I'm looking at saying – but I also want to celebrate the women's game, and I want to talk about where women's basketball is going, and I want to keep raising the profile around our biggest women basketball athletes so the game can continue to trend in that direction. So I, I get torn about it. Yeah, Jay, I'm not torn about this one. I mean, when you win a chip, you go to the White House. Like I remember I when I won Super Bowl Forty Six. And we went to meet President Obama. I damn sure didn't want to stay at that stage with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots Understood. after we whooped them in the Super Bowl. I, I just, I, that, that's, not, that's not how this thing is done. We, we want to celebrate the champions. The visit to the White House is supposed to be something special for elite-level athletes. So I don't know why we want to diminish it in that way by inviting the runner-up. I mean, it, it feels like a participation and, trophy and that Jill Biden has given out for the Iowa Hawkeyes. 1,000%. And that's, that's just not fair, and it, and it really 
takes away from the spotlight that deserves to be on Angel Reese in LSU. And Angel Reese clearly felt some kind of way about it because she took to social media and on Twitter yesterday talking about how Jill Biden's invitation to the Iowa Hawkeyes, if it was extended, would be an absolute joke. And Stephen A. co-signed it. And they're absolutely right. What, the problem that I have with this gesture, Max, is because I have serious doubts that if the inverse were true, if Iowa ended up winning the national title and LSU and Angel Reese were on the losing side of it, that Angel Reese and LSU would get the invitation. Now, I know it's a hypothetical. We'll never be able to prove it. But I don't think that that would be the case in terms of Jill Biden in the White House inviting there's, there's a lot the loser, here, the, running, the runner-up in LSU had they, had they fallen to the Iowa there, there, There's a lot here. Can't prove a counterfactual. But you can't. You, but, uh, and, and look, and, and, and race plays into this too. First, Jay, let me address what you said. Mm-hmm. It is important to establish characters. You, one of the reasons that the women's tournament was much more compelling than the men's tournament this year was there were characters that you know because there's not a league offering hundreds of millions of dollars siphoning off all the talent, right? In the women's game, there is in the men's game. So you have more established, more interesting characters in the women's game. We cared more about it than the level of play. Offensively, at least, what is it? An unprecedented level, the all-time highest score in a, in a finals, uh, you know, in a women's finals. Um, and, and, of course, there were storylines and... and, and South Carolina was this dominant team and Dawn Staley and Aaliyah Boston. And here comes Caitlin Clark. Oh, wait a minute. There's LSU in these. So I get it, Jay. I get it. But Chris, to address your point, the fact is it feels like there was a double standard applied in the area of sportsmanship when Caitlin Clark was, you know, you, you, can't, you don't see me. That whole thing, that John Cena thing, when she was doing it, there were literally, it wasn't enough to just accept, oh, okay, we were actually, it was celebrated. Pieces mm-hmm. were run, talking about how good her trash talk is for the game. Yeah. And then when it was done to her by Angel Reese, that's the worst thing, right? And so, and so it's hard not to see through it through a racial lens now when you get to the white house and you do your thought experiment chris yeah and you say well it's time for lsu to go hey maybe iowa should go too if the reverse were true and the mostly black team had been interesting but lost would they also get the invite then you could say but it's politically motivated you know i it's really about iowa and the caucus and that brings up a whole separate issue of why are certain places early in the primaries and disproportionately important politically, right? Like- yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, Max. But here's the other part that's a little deeper than rap. We, we get to this point where when we start talking about women's athletics, the, the and I'm trying to find a way to frame it, but I just gotta, I just gotta, I gotta say it. The invitation to the loser of the national championship came Given the makeup of the Iowa Hawkeyes team, it feels like there's an era of protecting the white fragility here that is not extended to Angel Reese and the LSU Tigers because it's a predominantly black team. And think about some of the vitriol, some of the venom that we saw Angel Reese get because of what she did in giving Caitlin Clark a dose of her own medicine. Like, this is an aspect of this that we don't really want to talk about because it's the underbelly, it's the ugly side of sports because it projects our biases. But that's a part of the math in this as well. 
And, and I understand why Angel Reese and her teammates would feel slighted at the notion that Jill Biden would even consider well, inviting the loser well, for, well, after first, they've earned the right to be the one celebrated at the White House for winning a chip. First off, Jill Biden, is not, she's not the one making the ultimate decision here. And I, I don't think Joe Biden would do that, nor do I think he should when it's all. Well, said she put her name on it, though, Jay. That's why I oh, got to say course, her name. But, but, it, but did you see it? She floated it out as if it was an idea, almost to stress test it yeah, against right. the public. Right. right. So like, oh, how would you guys? Trial feel but the this? consideration of no, but, it is offensive, Jay. I, I, but it's I'm not. But, 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 but Kenzie, Jay, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I said that right off the top. I, I understand that. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. Um, I just go back to this place where, where, where I feel slightly torn because I'm with you, Canty, on that side, though, is how do we continue to do the most to build this women's game? Because, frankly, until this past, like this past year, it's been a fight. Do you know how many times we talked about dealing with misogyny the other day? Yep. Like how many people like, oh, I can't. You, the things people will say. Out loud about you. I can't believe you guys put the women's, you know, final four page on ESPN.com. What are you guys doing? You guys are trying to virtue signal like all these no, different things. It's just things. better this year. That's and all. I'm like, yo, yeah. they're just better products. Just, yeah, this year, is, the women's better. tournament was better it than the men's. It just product. was. And, yeah. and I want to know more about Caitlin Clark and what she's doing this summer, who she's training with. I want to know more about Angel Reese and if, you know, Kim Oakley and these guys can reload. I want to see what Paige Beckers is doing because she's coming off two back to back ACL tears. So, I want to continue to build. That's my only thing. Just want to continue to build that no, momentum. I'm not no, saying I'm that's w- the best thing for it. I just want to continue to build. No, I'm with you, Jay. I, I just, I, it's repulsive the notion that we have to somehow make Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes not feel slighted or not feel like. You know they they're not celebrated because they Understood. don't get invited I, to the I, White House. I, 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 I want to say for the record. Last thing, Max. I want to say for the record that is not Caitlin Clark asking for that. Right? No, I'm not so saying that. I, I know, I know, but people are naturally right. going to turn their anger towards right, listen, her. Listen, we have and they to. Move, not. We have to move on. The the first lady saying, "Hey, I'd like to do this," is politically useful yes. because it's not binding, but it messages yeah. to to it, it, you know in a way that may be politically useful. To them, the question is, why is that politically useful? That's a whole other conversation. NBA and NBA Players Association agreed to a new CBA. Money. Collective bargaining agreement. What are the takeaways, KJM? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max ESPN Radio were presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Canty in for Key. We're joined now by Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Morning, Bobby. Morning, guys. How are you? What, what, so we're, we're doing well. The NBA seems to be doing pretty well. Um, seems to me a lot of this is about smuggling in a, a, a harder cap to the players. Looks like a big win to me for the owners. But what struck you as the most significant part of the new CBA? Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know about a hard cap. I mean, it, you know, these, the Golden States of the world and Clippers and I guess Milwaukee um, to an extent, you know, the teams that probably spend I guess have somewhat of an unlimited budget um, are going to feel, you know, a little bit of a squeeze in, in, in the future uh, as far as the ability to add players to their roster, um, whether it be, you know, through a taxpayer mid-level exception or to be able to go out and acquire a player in a trade at the days in, of taking back additional money is probably going to be over. I think it's interesting that, you know, these rules, most of these rules are probably not going to be phased in for another few years here. Um, so it's not like they're telling Golden State that you have to kind of pick and choose. Um, and that's not the case. I think that if there was a hard cap in place, yeah, yeah, then you're then you're basically you're telling Oklahoma City you have to pick between Shea Gilders, Alexander and Josh Giddy or, or Orlando with some of those young players in here. So I think it helps, you know, kind of everybody in between. Um, there will be you know, three or four teams that probably aren't happy with the rules. Um, but as I said, it's, you know, there's the cap's going to grow, the media deal, um, the money's going to grow, salaries are going to grow, there's more jobs that are going to be in place, um, the exceptions are going to grow. But I think what the league is saying is that, you know, there are a few teams out there that basically spent at an unlimited number um, that basically can't help themselves as far as from that perspective. And we're going to put some, some guardrails in place here that's going to kind of bring them back to the path. Well, Bobby, Clippers aside, when you look at a team like Golden State that's largely homegrown with their core players, I mean, three of their top four guys are original draft picks. So, in a way, aren't the new rules in the CBA when it comes to team spending penalizing teams that that evaluate and draft players very well? Yeah, I mean, they did go out and get Andrew Wiggins, and you know, they went out and signed Dante DiVincenzo this offseason, which cost them an additional thirty million dollars towards their tax. That won't happen, um, you know, in, in the future. You're right, though. I mean, I I would have loved to see them find some type of middle ground, Chris, where you know there are restrictions as far as you know. There's this what we call second apron team, um, which they would be based on how much they've spent. Um, that still exists, but I would have loved if they get a little more of a tax break where, you know, if Steph Curry's making $46 million, maybe 30 of that counts towards the luxury tax because that is one of your homegrown product. But, yeah, they do get penalized, um, you know, with, you know, Curry, Thompson, Green, guys that they've drafted, keep on Looney. Um, I think it's going to be interesting how this plays out in the next 
four years, if it's going to be Oklahoma City, who's drafted extremely well, are they the next team that gets penalized here? But I think big picture, I think, yeah, I, that's what I would have loved to see in you know, some kind of common ground. I think you could still put the rules in place where there are restrictions as far as what you can add, but also reward teams as far as you know how they draft. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Bobby, I, I, I wanted to get into the age restriction thing here. When, when do you think, because it obviously didn't get agreed upon in this CBA, when do you think the NBA will allow players to come in directly from high school? Well, this disagreement is going to go out for, what, six years, seven years here. Um, so I, I don't see it. I don't think that there's a desire from either side. Um, or, you know, I know the commissioner had come out, you know, I guess a year ago and said there was. I, I think the more you talk to teams, there's no desire to go into high school gyms and recruit kids. I know there are specialty events, whether it be some of these tournaments, um, but I think as the system is in place right now with the G League Ignite and Overtime Elite, some of these other, you know, these programs that basically develop, um, I think that's going to be here for, for the long haul. So when will we see a change? I don't know. The next collective bargain agreement, which could be in, 2029, I guess, 2030 here. But I know just talking with teams, there's, there is no desire to, to put the, um, you know, the, the no age limit rule in place here. Bobby Marks with us, KJM ESPN radio. Um, Bobby, when I, I, I didn't say hard cap. I think it's a harder cap now. Yeah. But, but my, mm-hmm. but yeah, my basic point is it's always a pure lie whenever any league says any of this is about competitive balance, even an iota, because Competitive balance, great revenue share, going to a straight revenue share, but, but that's not what's happening. What they're doing is essentially capping labor, right? They're, they're, they're putting downward pressure on l- labor costs. It's not as though they're just redistributing the wealth to the poor teams, right? Or are they redistributing wealth to the poor teams here? so-called board. Well, I mean, how the current system is they're redistributing wealth to the poor teams because the more you spend, the more the, you know, the Indianas of the world are going to get back a lot more money, right? So the higher the luxury tax penalty, if, if you have a team like Golden State that's contributing $200 million, you know, half of that is being distributed to those middle-class teams. Yeah, but so, cash can't go in yeah. between deals and you lose mid-level exceptions and stuff. That's downward pressure on labor, right? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you're right because that's that now that money that you know the thirty million dollars that you would have spent on DiVincenzo, which is half of it now, does not go back to those teams. So um, that's that's you know it's a, it's a fair point here as far as you know you basically kind of pick your poison. Do you want more money coming back to you if you're some of these you know in between teams, or do you want I guess from a a level playing field as far as um, you know how you kind of build how you build your roster. Bobby Marks, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN, NBA front office insider. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning, Bobby. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, that's an interesting topic to me always, guys, because competitive balance, there are various ways you can achieve that if you redistribute the money from the rich market teams to the, or the big market to the smaller market teams. Mm-hmm. But actually what the owners do in every sport, they just lie to the public, just a pure lie, yeah. where they say it's about – but in fact what they do is they cap li- – the, what they do, <laughs> the small markets go to the big markets. We need money to compete. The big markets essentially say to the small – don't look at us. Go get it from the players. Okay, great. We're going to cap what the players can make for competitive balance. Nonsense. No, I, I can give you a league today. I could fix the whole competitive balance thing one day. Pure revenue sharing, no salary cap at all. <laughs> you know, done. That's not what's happening here. No. 
There is one other part of the new CBA that will have an effect on the product on the court. We're going to get into that next, KJM. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Joel, how about another one? That's in the air, and that's good. Look at that one, too. A three by Embiid, and Embiid does a little whirling Tiger Woods after a big pot deal. To me, like this is a race, I think if I were to create a hierarchy, it would have Joel Embiid with a slight edge over Giannis, mm-hmm. and then I'll have Jokic third. Joel Embiid is in the discussion and will get votes for Defensive Player of the Year. Nikola Jokic will never get votes for Defensive Player of the Year, and that, for me, would be enough to cast my vote for Joel Embiid. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Chris Canty in for Key here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. NBA and the uh, NBA Players Association agree to a new seven-year collective bargaining agreement. So, guys, some uh, key issues here. Load management, okay? In an attempt to curb load management, that's when, you know, in a league where they play back-to-backs and stuff like that, you rest certain star players on the second of back-to-backs and certain road trips, sometimes a guy won't even go if he has a lingering issue like a hamstring or something or whatever it is. So they're trying to curb the load management that where you lose games, you know, among star players. You don't get to see the stars. Mm-hmm. The NBA is, trying to, uh, is, is tying eligibility for postseason awards, meaning, well, I shouldn't say postseason awards, for awards – yeah, the accolades. For the, for the awards. The not accolades, post-season. yeah. yeah. Well, all postseason all awards. NBA, postseason awards MVP, makes it sound like it's for the playoffs. Man, all of that stuff, yeah. All NBA, MVP. You got to play 65 games. Jay, you, this is something that you also proposed 80% of the games, right? 65 mm-hmm. game minimum does come with some conditions. Jay, Embiid played 64 games this year. Giannis, 62. Yeah, but you still got another week of the regular season. So, I mean, they're going to. I mean, we'll see if Giannis gets uh, – Giannis should get over the mark. I think they have, like, what, four games left? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Joel Embiid would get over the mark too. Yeah, probably. Jokic has 67, so they'd all qualify. I, I, I just like that they put a name on it, put a number on it. Mm-hmm. Just tell people what time it is. I mean, that, that's our – look, we said for the longest time one of the problems we have with a lot of these awards is that there are no definitive measurements that are in place that just say 
Tell me what it is. Like we talked about this last year. It's like, well, did Joel Embiid not get the MVP because of games missed? And Jokic played more games, even though they came in six in the Western Conference. Just tell us what time it is so we can have definitive measures so we can see what we need to hunt in order to get these awards. Because if we don't get these measurements, then fine. I don't get it. That's fine. Just tell me what it is. No, and I love the fact that the owners were able to utilize this mechanism and build on what they put in the CBA last time when it comes to max contracts and super maxes where guys have to qualify. They have to be all NBA. They have to be you know, MVPs, defensive player of the year, all of those different things in order to unlock more money in the contracts that teams can offer them in future years. And I've said this before, Jay, and I'll say this again, nothing motivates athletes like fresh cash. And in a a league where guys are always angling for their next deal, their next bite at the apple, this makes a ton of sense in terms of owners being able to motivate players to get out there on the court. Now, I do think it's a little bit unfair when it comes to the narrative around load management because a lot of these restrictions that are on players – they're not self-imposed. They're put on them by the teams. The teams are trying to protect the investment that they've made in the individual player. But I think in an effort to try to get more of the marquee guys out there on a consistent basis to satisfy the television partners that I mean, put these prime slots in there for these teams, this is the way that you do it by being able to tie postseason accolades to the amount of game know, played, games played so that you give yourself as much of an assurance as you can that when teams – are start lining up to play in these these Wednesday night primetime games that are on ESPN's network or Saturday night games on ABC that you're going to have the best players out there on the court. My my only problem with the 65 games are like what there's is there no buffer room? Like so if somebody well, you just said injured, you wanted a number on it. I I I know but like still like but that's not See Max when I came out on my list it wasn't like you have to do all these nine things exactly or you're not MVP. It was it was a feel. It was guidelines. More so than like, this is it, or you're capped off. So if somebody gets to 64 games, are they ineligible? Like, what, what yeah. are the other guidelines that you're able to blend in they're to make a reason? They're, they're ineligible. To me, that, that 65 number, that's not that, – that's not, you know, I think that's – I don't want to say arbitrary because that's not the right word, but I, I don't think there's a lot of gray or a lot of room for movement with that. I think that should be the number. Like, a part of it should be tied to a player's ability to be able to when, stay when, healthy. When have, you, when have you have MVP candidates and nobody hits the 65 game mark? Well, listen, uh, let's, go back. let's go back. Since this is not new. I want to say when – Bill Walton, I was just trying to look it up as we were talking, but when Bill Walton won MVP, Mm -hmm. I want to say he played in fewer than 60 games. Yeah. You know, bigs especially were always cut some slack that way. The knees, they're giants. Their bodies are different. But no, this, you know, Bill Walton would not have won MVP under these uh, But But here's what I'll say, Max and Jay. I, I think that players will always adjust to this. If they know that this is a part of the equation going into a given season, they're going to manage themselves accordingly. Now, maybe that means less minutes played per game. Yeah. If that's it in order to maintain that eligibility. But, Chris, that's exactly what's going to happen. And you know people are going to find ways to be angry Yeah, but you can't criticize them when you say, oh, well, no, we no, got to no, rest no, no, the guy no, for I'm, playing I'm, the second night of a back-to-back. Oh, but, but, you can't have it both ways. Like but you're talking about ra- you know, fans aren't rational. It's the way. It's the whole reason why this whole narrative around low management has become like a theme. Get out of here with that. That's like four or five guys in the league. 
Yeah, like, yeah. But now it's a theme for well, there that guy's playing. He's low managing. It no, does seem, but, but, Jay, that but, but, guys Jay, play Jay, fewer Jay, games Jay, nowadays. You're not, Jay, you're not wrong, but here's but Max, why guys are playing basketball unprecedented measures before. I, I agree. Like I agree. Intensity thirty goes years up. ago. But let me just say, Jay, real Jay's quick. not wrong. Hold on. Let me say yeah, this. Yeah. Jay is not wrong, but here's why it doesn't matter because the television partners don't care. They just want the guys out there. The That's fans fine. that pay their tickets and that travel to these games to come see the guy, they just want to see their favorite players in the uniform. This sixty-five game. I guess we'll, uh, we'll qualification that, yeah. actually will impact that. But so it on, eliminates Chris. all of those, all of the just, guesswork when it comes to, you, to Chris, whether or not these TV Jet, companies people are going to find something for. to be people are going to find something to be angry at that if a guy sure. plays two minutes. Like oh, I can't play. I pay my money, and this guy only played two minutes. He didn't even come out. He didn't even do anything. He's just trying to qu- get qualified. Better than people are going to find a way close. to get. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, guys. Okay. This goes in baseball too, right? Football is great because it came out of a rules committee. The Ivy Leagues got together and said, how do we get people to watch soccer and rugby? They actually said, well, why don't we make a sport people like? And they started changing the rules of soccer and rugby. They got the, so there's a tradition of a rules change committee in football to constantly give the people what they need. Not the same in basketball and baseball, right? But they've caught up. So now basketball and baseball, rules changes on the field, wards, you know, incentives, how many games played. They're tinkering with it. They're figuring out, okay, when this game is played most efficiently, it's not always what the fans want. Resting guys because they're playing more intensely. That may be we got to change the rules because the most efficient way to operate this thing isn't as fan-friendly as, as it ought to be. So let's just change the rules to make it more fan-friendly. That's what the NBA is trying to do here. That's what, the, that's what Major League Baseball just tried with their rules changes, and I, I think it's a good thing. Might not hit it on the head the first time. It's trial and error, but that's what we got, KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.